Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, this is Doug Maurice of Buckeye Talk Realty offering you a great deal on some oceanfront property. I'm here on Ewers Island offering you, our Buckeye Talk listeners, a great deal before the water... The water is to my knees. So if you want to get in now, I encourage you, this is the time to invest on Ewers Island. Land is going fast, mostly because the ocean is consuming it. I've got about six square feet. So I'm going to give you a great price here at Buckeye Talk Realty on Ewers Island. The water is at my waist. Please send a boat. We will get a great deal for you next week. Check back with Buckeye Talk Realty. When we'll have great deals, great deals on land at Devon Brown Bay, here exclusively at Buckeye Talk Realty. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin. Welcome back to an emergency Buckeye Talk. Doug Henry, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. Quinn Ewers is leaving Ohio State. Nathan, are you surprised? Uh, surprised, not shocked. Stephen, are you surprised? I'm pretty sh- surprised, pretty shocked. So why didn't we... So there were like the bubbling little rumors during the court, like message board stuff during the course of the year. We don't know. We try to be cautious about these are kids, young men's lives. They get one shot at this, one career, one football life. So we try to be cautious about stuff. Is there anything, Nathan, like should we have anticipated this more, that it's a five-star recruit, the number one recruit in the country? And yeah, it was kind of weird that he came early, but he doesn't want to sit very long. Should, should we have had a better handle on like, man, I just don't think this kid's going to want to sit like at all. He wants to get on the stinking field. Well, I, again... So I want to let's just acknowledge up front the Austin Ward from Letterman Row has reported that through yours's NIL deals, he had to play a certain number of games next year, start a certain number of games next year to get it the the full extent of those deals. That's what he's reporting tonight on Twitter. So I think that may be the thing that we overlooked was how the financial, the extent of how the financial arrangements might influence Ewers' decisions to stay or not. It's one of those, it's like, we've, we've talked all along about the ruthlessness of Ryan Day, and this is like the ruthlessness, and in the past, the ruthlessness of a coach was kind of unchecked, and now the ruthlessness of 
the business world from the player's standpoint now is pushing back. Yeah, but can you say we overlooked? I mean, the NILs existed for six months, and none of us are thinking that deep to it in the sense of if that's true, if we're Austin Ward, if that's exactly what happened, no one in there is thinking like, oh, there's probably something in his deal that a clause that you get this much money if you're a starter because it's so brand new and that fresh. So there's no reason for us to think that way. Now, for the next going forward, of course, we're probably going to look at it that way with NIL deals, but there was no reason for anybody to think that this early into it. No, I think that's the definition of overlooking it. But I would say that we've we've mentioned the NIL thing as being the reason why he was here this fall and that it wasn't a football procedure involved with that. So if we were going to keep bringing that up, which I did, then it was, I think, a failure of imagination on my part not to take it one step further. But something like that, it's just an extension. It's a monetary, real-world, hardcore extension of I want to play. Right. That it, but it is not whole cloth out of nowhere. Like kids, guys want to play and have transferred because they want to play. He just has more direct financial reason to want to play. But to me, it's it's it is. Maybe it's 40 percent more, but it is an extension of I want to play. But that, I think it's an important wrinkle, though, because his the timeline all along would have had him not being here until the spring of 22 and then not being guaranteed of playing right away. He might have wanted to come in and play right away, the same as Common Core did in the spring of 2021. And if it doesn't work out, you spend a year as a backup, and then you reassess. But if, if he has these contractual obligations that are pushing him to have to get on the field, that's a really important wrinkle in this discussion. Especially in a world where, let's just say, hypothetically, NIL didn't kick in until January, but you had all these deals in place to kick off once you got on campus. And he has this exact same conversation of, I want to start as a true freshman next year or I'm not coming. And they tell him, no, well, then we're having a discussion about how Quinn Ewers is decommitted from Ohio State instead of Quinn Ewers is in the transfer portal. It almost is like he decommitted. It's like he transferred yeah. to Columbus High School for a year yep. and then he decommitted right before signing day is is more what this is like than anything else. And then they were like, oh, man, Quinn Ewers decommitted. Let's get Devin Brown. And they got Devin Brown and like he never came. So could we just should we just think of it like that? Is that a better way yeah. to think of this thing? Because technically, yeah, he's, I said it on the emergency pod that's on our YouTube channel right now. He technically is supposed to be participating in signing day in 12 days. So, yeah, that's almost a better way. It's be, like, I mean, he played two snaps where he handed the ball off because Jack Miller was suspended. So he's QB three. If that didn't happen, it, he basically was never here because he would have never had taken a snap and never had gotten any real reps in practice because of obviously what happened when he got here and then him getting hurt and everything else that goes into that. So yeah, it's a decommitment basically. While it is a, you're right, Nathan. I mean, it is a different world, a different wrinkle here. I do think we, the idea, you know, we, we been talk about this all along the idea of like well he could just wait and whatever and it's like i just they, they don't want to wait man like they don't trevor lawrence won a national title as a freshman these guys don't want to wait they have more if you have our nil thing that's even more reason but i i think it was a little bit of a fantasy to think that five-star quarterbacks are gonna have much patience in a world where freshmen and second year guys play all the time and so that's why I'm saying like, it's just, it's a, it's an emphasis on that idea. Is there any, is there, Nathan, is there like a, I don't want to say it, like a lesson. Is this something that is, that 
Ryan Day, Corey Dennis, Ohio State programs around the country, fans should learn from? Or is this like a very specific, unique circumstance? That, oh, what are you going to do? Guys are going to transfer. This one got whacked out. My God, the guy's selling soda for a million bucks when he should be a senior in high school. It's just crazy. And it's not like, I don't want to say cautionary tale, but it, maybe there's not much to learn from it. Well, no, I, I do think it is a little bit of both. Because going back to what I said before, when this plan was all put in effect, they get Justin Fields, they're going to have him for two years. You get Jack Miller, and then very late in that process, you get C.J. Stroud. And then in between that, you actually get Kyle McCord signed up for 2021. So you start getting this stack going, and then the NIL thing gets introduced to it. Like, it wasn't Ohio State really, like, enticing Quinn Ewers to come here early, right? Like, we know that they went in you know, they probably gave their blessing to it, but they didn't really have much of a choice at the time, right? It was either like you're, he's coming here or he's not coming here at all. So at least you gave him the door to come in. But th- that's where I think their plan has to adjust. It wasn't something that they had factored in when they started this whole uh, procedure, whatever you want to call it, this philosophy that they've put together of stacking these classes back to back to back to back to back. NIL and the power that players would have and the incentive that players would have was not factored in at that time. I know what you're saying, that guys have always wanted to play right away, but the the Quinn Ewers perspective on this is very different than the C.J. Stroud perspective was, than the Common Accord perspective is even right now, because those guys weren't signing $1.4 million autograph deals. Do we think this is the new normal, or is this an outlier? But no, because it is unique. Sorry, Steve, but it is unique somewhat to a player of this caliber. I think he's just a blip. I don't because every kid's not going to be the perfectly rated quarterback getting a one point four million dollar NIL deal out the gate. That's just that's just not how this is going to work. I don't think anything Ohio State's doing with how it recruits quarterbacks has to change at all because as we were just nothing changed here. They have a twenty twenty quarterback, they have a twenty twenty one quarterback, and they have a twenty twenty two quarterback heading into the spring. And as as of right now. C.J. Stroud is going to be the starter against Notre Dame. Devin Brown and Kyle McCord are going to try to do something about it. And if not, obviously, the ideal world is C.J. Stroud's here for one more year, and then Kyle McCord and Devin Brown battle it out to be the starter in 2023. Now, does that actually how it plays out? We'll see. But it's also why you – I think in this world, you almost need to recruit a high-level quarterback every single year with the idea of, yeah, they want to play right away, but like you're not going to get stuck with any option. And so, okay, if you want some of these NIL you know, clauses that are whatever, whatever deal you have to kick in, be better than the guy who's already starting. So no, I don't, nothing changes for Ohio State. This is just – Quinn Ewers is a one-of-a-kind recruit, and he has a one-of-a-kind NIL deal, so he gets a one-of-a-kind type of transfer. So is, is- – is anything lost here or is it mostly stuff happens and they got a bunch of good quarterbacks and their first year starting well, quarterback might be a Heisman finalist and <laughs> they got a five-star behind him and another huge guy behind him. And like, they're fine. Like they're like really, or is it really a situation where they lost the highest rated quarterback recruit ever? And there's no effect on the program. Well, Steve and I were talking about this on the video. You almost have to talk about it is two separate things like the unrealized promise of Quinn Ewers under Ryan day with these receivers in this program, et cetera, et cetera. And what does it mean for Ohio state on a year by year basis in the court, in the recruiting, in the quarterback room? Those are almost two separate conversations to have because part of the process for Ryan day, part of this plan that he put together insulates you from this being a catastrophe. 
because mm-hmm. you're not leaving yourself with a huge gap at any point. And frankly, even if that were to unfold, there's probably a Justin Fields or something close to it that's always hanging out there and that you can go grab a, some really good quarterback in the transfer portal if you were absolutely back against the wall. But they've put themselves in a situation where that shouldn't unfold. They've got two scholarship quarterbacks right now. They've got another one who's signing soon. So that trajectory should continue to be fine. But, that you know, everyone wasn't excited about just getting a guy for the 2022 class when Quinn Ewers signed or, or announced his commitment live on Buckeye Talk. He didn't do it live on Buckeye Talk, but we told people live on Buckeye Talk, um, one of the great live moments on the podcast history. And they were excited because it was Quinn Ewers. They were excited because it was this guy with the mullet they'd seen flinging the ball all over the Texas prairie and like what he might be. And so I think those are are almost two separate discussions. It doesn't kill them that he's not coming here. They're going to still have good quarterbacks every year, but they won't have what, what he might be. And I think there is an element here of whatever these guys do in these next three, four years at Ohio state, it's going to be a little bit measured against what Quinn Ewers is doing wherever he is. There's an element of hindsight you know, if he go, if, yeah, he's got to go live up to the perfect rating. Uh, let's just say he goes to Texas and he wins two national championships in a Heisman trophy. Then, yeah, this is, was a big deal if, if that happens because Ohio state didn't have that. But if he just goes somewhere, he's a quality quarterback and he ends up being a first round draft pick, which is still great, but Ohio state's, has first round draft picks right now. That's just what they're doing. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, CJ Stroud. It looks like it's going to be CJ Stroud or, uh, or Bryce Young as a number one pick in the 2024. I mean, the 2023 NFL draft, the way things are going right now. So if he's just another one of you didn't lose anything, it only matters if he lives up to every bit of that perfect rating, which is a lot to ask. So Ryan day wants options that the world where Alabama was, sort of pot committed with Bryce Young. Clemson was the same with DJ Uyunglele, two five-star guys. But if they didn't work out, it wasn't as apparent what plan B was for either Alabama or Clemson. And I didn't watch DJ that much this year, but they weren't very good. And I'm not so sure that if DJ Uyunglele and CJ Stroud switched places, that maybe Kyle McCord wanted to play a little more, right? If, if CJ played like DJ did, right? But Clemson doesn't have Kyle McCord, I don't think, sitting behind him. They had their, like, three-year guy who was recruiting 200s from the class of 2019 who he's just went in the portal. So, and they didn't, but they didn't go to him this year. So, Ryan Day wants options on the chance that the guy that you pick first doesn't really work out. Then you have a high-level second or third guy waiting. But if your second and third options are pretty high level and option number one works out, then this is what happens, right? And I think that's what we have to be aware of. We can't, I almost think that having conversations about the future of the quarterback room now, like might be stupid because there's no stacking. There's not, everybody is a, is a backup plan if the first guy doesn't work, but it's, that's different then stacking of like, oh, well, you just wait for the first guy and then it'll be your turn. I don't know that we're talking about taking turns. Now, if you have two, you know, two class separation, which is maybe what they thought they were going to have with CJ Stroud and Quinn Ewers initially, right? And then stuff got goofy. I mean, you can do it to some extent, but, you know, we were having conversations. Well, if this guy waits and then this guy can do this and then this guy's like, no, no, they're not waiting. They're not waiting. Five stars are not waiting for more than like a year. 
So I think that's where we are, which is fine. But I think we need to view, but also it's like, how do I say this? It's not as much like Ohio State has three five stars in the quarterback room. It's like they have a photocopy of one five star. So if they lose the initial, the real copy, they have a backup or maybe other places, but it's not that they really are necessarily going to go five star to a five star to a five star, or at least not this five star, because this five star is going to leave. They'll bring in a different five star later. You know what I mean, Nathan? Like, I think, I think it's changing my lens on that a little bit. Not that that's bad, but they're not going to wait. So then we're going to have things like this where you was out Brown in it's fine. But if anybody was really waiting for Quinn Ewers to be patient, I think that was whether he has the whether it's the NIL money thing or not. I think probably any expectations on the part of Quinn Ewers was maybe unrealistic. Yeah. And just say real quick, like we don't have confirmation on the whole thing with the NIL contracts. That was what Austin Morton reported. I thought it was an important thing to bring up to contextualize the conversation. I don't know if I've thought about it that differently than that though, Doug, because I've, I mean, I was sitting here assuming, maybe naively, but like CJ Stroud is clearly the presumptive starter going into 2022, but that there was going to be a competition of some kind in the spring. I think it all hinged on whether you thought that there was a chance that Ryan Day, the ruthlessness of Ryan Day, would determine that through spring and offseason practices that one of those guys should beat out CJ Stroud after he might be going to New York next week. I think there is an element of competitive excellence where to the point of you just got a photocopy of a five-star three times. It's like if, if this, let's just live in a world where let's just say Kyle McCord beats out CJ Stroud and takes his job in the spring. How much, I mean, and CJ Stroud might be going to New York this year. So how much better is Kyle McCord if he just took his job this spring? That's how you kind of look at it is when you've got this highly, this many talented guys in the room, it kind of raises the level of the competition. While when you look at DJ and Bryce and even Spencer Rattler, before he started playing like terribly, no, they're not worried about anybody taking their job. So they're going to go out there and just going to develop as normal and be what they are. And if they end up being superstars, they end up being superstars. And if not, well, then Caleb, you have to wait till Caleb Williams shows up a year from now for somebody to take that job. CJ can't do that. CJ can't just take it easy and think his job is just his because Kyle will take it. Kyle can't rest if he takes the job because CJ or Devin Brown might take it. So it does. I guess that the idea behind why you stack guys is just to raise the level of competition and make sure you're getting the best possible guy every single day of practice kind of makes sense. Even if it looks crazy when you're actually trying to pull it off and you're going to have to sacrifice the fact that, you know, Jack Miller might leave Quinn Ewers might leave. I mean, you might end up getting Jaden Davis here or uh, I don't know the, uh, the next Malachi Nelson here, but they might not ever play a snap here because they might leave. You, you're okay with that because you're getting the best possible version of all these five stars. Okay. We have some a quick text or survey we sent out. We're recording this late Friday night. Not that late, late for me. We're going to do some texture answers, some other long-term effects uh, about Ohio State. We'll do that next up, Buckeye Talk. All right, again, texture's amazing, as always. It's like you send out a survey. We literally had hundreds and hundreds of answers in two minutes on the survey. It's like people were like, I got an opinion about Quinn yours. So people always make fun of me for screwing up the, uh, the ranking system instead of multiple choice, but there's also a thing. I, our polling system is great. It really is. It's weird. It's this little weird 
polling system that we used to use on cleveland.com at times. And again, people can make fun of me, but like I invented doing polls on text and now everybody does it. And it's the best thing we have about text. We figured out these polls fit on here. It's, it's the best thing to do because we can't go through 400 comments about Quinn Ewers. So we can get your, your input very, very quickly. And I, there's this one to five ranking scale. I said, how surprised are you at Quinn Ewers transferring now? And then I said, how bad is it for Ohio State that Ewers is transferring now? And so on the scale, one was the least, the least surprised and the least bad. Five is the most surprised and the most bad, right? You guys, am I making that clear? You guys know what I'm saying there? Yes. It's two separate, mm-hmm. two separate rankings. You only could do one, two, three, four, or five. You can't click a point, a decimal. But then the overall result, the tech, the, the poll shows us a decimal. What do you guys think came out worse? Like that it's that it's that were people more surprised or do they think it's more bad for Ohio State? If you know what I mean, which has the overall higher number? And I will tell you that one of the numbers is two point four seven. So that's leaning more towards the one. And one of the numbers is three point two nine. That's leaning more towards the five. So what is the higher number, Nathan, the surprise or the badness? The surprise. Steven? Surprise. Sorry, I was trying to, like, you know, comprehend what you were saying. No, That's I know. I'm try- like, yeah. But it, is it, does it make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It made sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. It, which which is higher? Were they more surprised, or do they think it's a bigger? Is it just a, a negative thing? So I'll yeah. say, yeah, no, more surprised is higher. Okay. More surprised is higher. Three point two nine is surprise. On a one, two, three, four, five scale, four got the highest number of votes for surprised. So people are pretty surprised. On the badness scale, the two only a two on a scale of it's total. I said one is. One I said is no big deal. Ohio State's totally fine. And five is this is a real problem for the future of the program. A hundred, more than a hundred people so far have voted for the one and fewer than 30 people have voted for the five. Okay. So there is, and the most number of people and the, the votes are still rolling in. The most number of people have voted for the two. Nathan, does that sound about right to you? That they're more surprised, but they're actually not that worried about the effect here. Yeah, because especially when you put it in the context of a real problem for the future of the program, you've just got so many talented quarterbacks here that are already either on scholarship here in, well, not this building, not my house, but the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Like they're there or they're coming, they're signing here in a few weeks. So for the, as far as the future of the program, like it doesn't like create a crater there. I think it's more just like this coming out of nowhere as people are like, I'm eating Brussels sprouts in the short north tonight. And this just pops into your phone. I think that adds to the shock of it. That like the Friday night, just atom bomb going off. Yeah. I think there's a level of had CJ Stroud not been good this year, had the first four games just been the full 12 game slate. Quinn Ewers would still be here. I mean, if because then he feel he legitimately would have a chance to take the job yeah. from him. So that's what it is. It's it's not a, that big of a deal when you just watch what this quarterback did, and you know you have that much confidence that Ryan Day is going to develop a quarterback at a high level. So yeah, it's it's more of a shock factor because it is nine thirty on a Friday night. 
And that's well, the last thing you're thinking about. It was like 630 when this happened. Yeah, but Steven, I think what you just said is is really smart because I actually would take back what I said. And because and it, it goes to what Doug was saying before, it doesn't actually matter what 2023 and 2024 and all that stuff look like. 2022, they know they're going to have a quarterback who is, can perform at like a Heisman finalist level. And that should almost be mm-hmm. like as far in the future as you let yourself think right now because of the way they structured this room. That's maybe all that matters. All right, next question was not a ranking. Which best fits your feelings toward Quinn Ewers? So this is going to be one of those weird things. It's almost good. I'm glad he took the field in an Ohio State jersey, just for posterity, that, like, that's going to show up. Well, will it show up? I guess it won't, it won't really show up I mean, in the stat line, but I'll say one game. He didn't throw a pass. Say GP one. I mean, there's, no. I mean, listen, he got out there, so there's pictures of him playing so they can do the Joe Burrow thing yeah. and be, like, developed here. So I'm glad that months. happened. Yeah, developed here. Which best fits your feelings toward Quinn Ewers? Great talent. I wish him luck. I don't really care either way. Like, whatever. It's football. I don't know. Guys come in, guys go out. Or I'm kind of mad at how this worked out. Steven, what do you think won? That's not a ranking. That's a pick one. Which won that voting? I'm very interested to see what kind of mad at how this worked out voted. So I'll pick that one. Nathan? Yeah, I really don't have a great read on this because it's it involved. Even that middle one could actually be read as like an emotional response, right? Yeah, like I don't care about what, whatever. I don't care. Forget you know. Forget these guys. I don't care. It's like when your it's like when your girlfriend dumps you. I think it might. Oh, I don't know what that's like, but I would think it's probably a uh, great talent. Wish him luck. Okay. Could I? Could I think? I mean, to me, that the, there is a thing of. I, this is actually, this would be a great, this is an off-season pod too. I got to write this stuff down. Ohio State fans are going to root for the Ohio State quarterback. Like the Ohio State quarterback, which is where we kind of got to with this thing. is like, what if it's this guy? What if this guy's like, right. well, we think the Ohio State quarterback will be pretty good. So do you care that much, whether he's from Los Angeles or Texas or Philadelphia? or Arizona, or Mentor, or Glenville, or Pittsburgh, or wherever? Like, do you, do you, and do you actually, before he's chosen, do you really care? Like, are you, are you, do you throw your lot in with a guy in recruiting and be like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a McCord guy. Oh man, no, it's gotta be McCord. Oh, I'm a Stroud guy all the way. It's gotta be Stroud. Or is it like, well, no, I guess, I mean, they'll pick a guy and then, well, you know, if he's good, he's good. I'll root for the guy with the ball in his hand. I would be, I would be kind of curious where people are with this. Cause like in the NFL, when teams are drafting quarterbacks in the draft process, those couple months, you know, people f- figure out the guy they want the team to draft and stuff. Right. But then in the end, you end up rooting for the guy in the Scarlet and gray, but people are mad. There are many more people mad than wishing luck. So I think we're coming around on a on a vision of this. 50% said, I'm kind of mad. Yep. And then it was basically the other 50% were split between I don't care and good luck. And I read I don't care as I'll root for whoever the quarterback is, whatever. Not like screw these guys, more like, oh, I don't know. I'll show up in, on September 3rd against Notre Dame and root for the guy who takes the snap. But it's two to one angry over good luck. So I think people would say, are they're kind of surprised, a little bit pissed, but they don't think it's a big deal. Is that Steven? Is that where we are officially on this? And I did say the P word, sorry. Yeah, that that makes, yeah, (laughs) that actually makes a lot of sense because 
you probably feel used because it feels like this kid and I understand that they're kids and we talk about unpaid amateurs a certain way, but they're getting paid now. So it's got to kind of change the conversation a little bit about how we talk about some of these kids that kid. It feels like if you're a fan, this kid came here to make $1.4 million and use you and never had any intentions of sticking around to actually play football for you. Do you agree with that, Nathan? Uh, Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But I, I think that would be um, you. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But it's some. You know, at some point, that's going to come around and be in Ohio State's favor too. I, as a as a fan, I would process it that way. I understand why everyone maybe wouldn't. But not to this extreme. I, it, it'll come. Yes, there will be plenty of instances where like someone's going to choose you because they're in an IL. But to the point of this is a one of a kind situation. I don't think we're ever going to see this again. To this well, extreme. I'm, but I think it, at some point, because of the one the immediate one-time transfer and the combination of NIL, you're going to see multiple players over the course of the next decade that just ditch whatever lesser school they're at and come to Ohio State and, and make Ohio State better than. Right, but they're not going to show up, show up the last week of fall camp and then leave before even the bowl game is like he was – He's, this is literally a blip. This is just, it's the turnaround of how all this happened was very businesslike, and there was basically no football involved in it. But in that way, it really, it goes back to what Doug was saying before. This really does feel more like a decommitment than a transfer yeah. in a lot of ways, because he never really was, he was never, he was never college age even. Well, I guess he kind of was, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like he was never, ever so supposed to have been here in the first place. So... Quick thing, can I, before you go, Nick, can I just update something? Because, like, Austin Ward just, like, updated his thing. He said there was no start clause in any of his NIL deals. He talked to uh, his uh, represent, NIL representation. So, to so delete ahead. that thing we said? The stuff we said at the beginning of the pod that's not true? Based on what he said before. Okay. Correct. Based on what he said, the exact quote is, there are not and never could have been paid for participation clauses in the NIL cl- contract. Okay, so the opposite. Whatever we said before, the opposite. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. Um, when Quinn Ewers, so here, Quinn Ewers came like the idea of like never intended. It was like once CJ Stroud was good, because like when when CJ Stroud was looking a little iffy and didn't play Akron Week, Quinn Ewers was probably like, all right, all right, okay, I see what's okay. I'm going to find once I find where the bathrooms are, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And then it was like, oh, no, he's throwing for 450 yards a game. Oh, and then which again is just how this works. But the thing that we have to make sure we have our view on is when the first guy's good, then like, again, the way you know, how, you know, the best way to keep quarterbacks to keep a lot of good quarterbacks in your room for the first guy to not be good. So you can't go through life being like, oh, man, I hope our star. Like, if, if Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers were at Clemson, they'd be like, let's go in the spring, baby. <laughs> DJ fell on his face. Let's roll. And it's like, okay, well, that's – I mean, that's not what anybody wants. But then once the guy is good – and I'm almost like – I don't want to say this. Listen, Ewers Island, I get it. Everyone's – this is like people like, oh, at least you finally got rid of nine and three, Doug. But, like, my whole thing was like, well, if the guy's coming, he's going to play. Right. He's coming. He's going to play. 
Because why would you bother to try to bring the guy here if you're like you're not really going to play him, and then he's not going to stay if he's not going to play? So like I was wrong, but like also thinking that like he's going to hang out and be cool is was as wrong, or or was also wrong. Mine was the most wrong, but like that was not going to happen because it's like well, why are you bringing in the number one recruit in the country if there's no path to the field for him? And because the, the only path to the field, as it turned out, was like C.J. Stroud fails, and C.J. Stroud did not fail, so. Here's my question. No, my thing I was going to say is that's the only way that you keep quarterbacks happy and around is if the starter doesn't live up to expectations. Once he does, this is what happens. And the third part of this podcast is going to be a common chord part. Nathan, should it, when Quinn Ewers said, hey, guys, go. Hey, y'all. I've, I've never heard Quinn Ewers' voice in person, so I don't even know. Hey, y'all. Sounds I'm like a coming. surfer. He sounds surfer, More dude. Like a surfer? But he's from Texas yeah. and he has a mullet. He doesn't sound like a Texas guy. It's just like a really, it's hey, really y'all. laid back or like voice. That? Hey, is it y'all. a southern a really accent? Or, is it like a southern accent or like a Brian Kelly accent? Yeah. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Kelly's school of accents. Hi. I'm no, it's that, there's that. There's definitely a southern accent. It's just he's got a his voice matches his demeanor a little bit. Really laid back. I'm like, yeah, hunting. All I've ever heard him about. talk about is kombucha. I'm Brian Kelly. Are you from one part of the country and moving <laughs> to another part of the country? Do you need to fit in instantaneously? Come to the Brian Kelly School of Accents. We'll teach you how to kind of talk like the locals in 45 minutes. I'm Brian Kelly, y'all. Um, oh, this is a Brian Kelly. I went to Coach O's School of Dialect, and now I'm talking just like a Coach O. I left the fight in Irish of Notre Dame. Best of luck to my former defensive court. Oh, I'm following the Stetson Bennett, too. See, I can I could be a, an instructor special. at the Brian Kelly School of Accents. Brian Kelly, woo! That was special, honestly. Right. Every day anyway, he does something even already, worse. Do you guys yeah. know I, ta- I, ta- I cut out seven minutes of rants from the podcast the other day? Yes. You guys know I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of ours. So, a lot of mine. Yeah. Some of oh, yours yeah. also. It was not. It, it was not serving anybody. Sorry, it listeners. It there's definitely a dead, went left. <laughs> there's a dead seven minutes of rant. You, the, people are like, but there were still 22 minutes of rant. And there's like, yeah, there, there were 29 originally. So we anyway, a little bit. The, my point is this. A quarterback failing is when the backups come into play. When the quarterback, when the starter succeeds, the backups, if they're good, are going to go. Nathan, when Quinn Ewers said, hey, I'm coming. Should Ohio State have said, you know what? That's fine. It's, this, is, this isn't for us then go do it somewhere else. Like, should they have backed off of this at any point or is it no harm, no foul? Like, listen, Hey, he wants to come bring him in. If CJ's not good, then we have options. I don't know. Or, or should I, should I have gotten out of this? I think it's tough. I think it might be no harm, no foul, but I think it was a tough situation in the moment because as in, in to go back to what we talked about earlier and Steven saying how all this is new, this was very new in the moment and as far as the NIL stuff and Ohio state, I think was in a position where we don't want to turn away mm-hmm. the number one guy in the country for NIL reasons before he even gets here and earns it. You know what I mean? Like what precedent are you now setting on the recruiting trail by like putting up a wall to like, no, you can't come here and earn that kind of money. That I think that was a precedent that they were worried about setting more than they were worried about upending the apple cart or having what happened happen which again as we say have said now a couple times is more or less just a decommitment i mean to go back to the point you were making earlier at the start of that conversation i think we've been having some 
to some extent having this conversation with our texters and and Ohio State fans for a while that we would get texts from people all the time like aren't you know shouldn't we be worried that somebody's going to leave and what don't you doesn't this mean that a quarterback's going to leave and we were like yeah like a quarterback's going to leave like that's just that's how this is set up to work I think what's just surprising is that Ewers pops out before he ever got a chance to compete for it as opposed to somebody else leaving I think they handled it the right way I think because you can't, you, you're Nathan's right. You can't turn it away. You can't even set that precedent that you're to even put that in a kid's mind, the next kid's mind that, that, oh, they don't want me here because the NIL stuff. I think you, you had to accept them and you had to be 100% transparent about how this was going to go. And that was, you're not playing. You're here to make money and find out what the heck you're supposed to be doing here. And if there's a chance to play, you'll play. And that's what happened against Michigan State. But don't expect to really get involved in things until January. You had to be that transparent and you had to let him come. All right. So the other question I asked the texters, how would you describe your feelings on how Ohio State handled this? They took a shot with yours and did the best they could. Stuff happens, which is the equivalent of like, I don't. Like, I don't know. Recruiting is crazy. Whatever. I mean, I'm a grown adult. I have responsibilities, whether 18 and 19 year olds want to leave and come on whatever. I'll root for the guys who show up on September 3rd. I'm going to always give an option just for the listeners and the texters who are doing this. That's what those mean. That means just like, can I just show up at the football games and root for the guys who were there? That's the option. And the other one is they got too many top guys and the QB room was too crowded, which is We'll get the things I said in the past. We'll get, I won't do that in a second. But, uh, Stephen, what do you think? One took a shot, did the best they could, stuff happens, or they got too many top guys and the QB room was too crowded. The Ohio State side of it, um, stuff happens. Nathan, what do you think? I think it took a shot with yours, did the best they could. It's like the exact same voting of the previous one. Half the people said took a shot, did the best they could. A quarter of the people say stuff happens. And a quarter of the people say they got too many good guys. So again, half the people are saying I'm kind of mad, but they're also saying, but Ohio State did the, took the shot. What are you going to do? So like you're a little ticked, may as well take the shot. They're fine. I'm kind of surprised. We're again, we're officially figuring out the layers to the different reactions here. When Quinn Ewers committed, we had the 90-minute Doug says there's too many good quarterbacks in this room conversation, that this is too far, it's too many, recruit a backup somewhere in there, this is too many quarterbacks. This, this is not proof that I was right at all, but this is, I mean, this might be proof I'm wrong, I don't know. That like they lost a good quarterback, but they got a different good quarterback, and there's no ramifications at the moment. Has the conversation at all, Nathan, around too many good quarterbacks? Is it possible? Should you recruit a guy in the 300s or 400s as a backup in the middle of there, whenever? Or is that guy always going to be available in the portal? Get a get a top 100 guy every year, stack him, stack him, stack him, and just gird yourself for the idea that a couple going to leave and you're fine. Does this change that conversation at all? It doesn't for me. I think the thing that it we're having this conversation in real time because it's happening in real time. And, and we're in the middle of this process that, that day and again, we'll just say day. I was going to throw Corey Dennis in there, but it's Ryan Day's plan. So <laughs> we're in the, we're, we're still, I don't even know if we're in the middle of it though. We're still kind of in the early stages of it. And I think until we see 
what happens to the guys who leave? You don't even get a full, uh, you don't get a full accounting of it. But as far as what it means for Ohio State, um, they had Justin Fields. They went right into C.J. Stroud, who might be in New York next week. He'll be back next fall. And then what happens after him? Like, I, I think you're right. Like, it to me, it doesn't change the math because I was always the one who was kind of a proponent from the beginning of just saying, like, um, I, I don't think that – I don't understand why the, like, skipping years strategy is better than just stacking them up and, and making it a, a kind of a free-for-all battle royale whatever every year and coming out with the best one. It's like you said before, it is almost more like – the Ohio state quarterback. It's like they're in a room, like tinkering with these robots. And then every year they turn them loose in the spring. And it's like, whichever robot like best Don't can determine. I know you, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know it's a trigger, a trigger warning. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like you just, you're, you're, you're winding them up and seeing which one I'm not trying to dehumanize these guys. They all are, you know, they have feelings and, and everything else. I'm not trying to dehumanize them, but I'm as far as like the, the, actual execution on the field that's almost what more it feels like more at this point so let me so steven is there they have three good quarterbacks i I was gonna say well what if devin brown would have committed here would they be in trouble then but it's like but he did Mm -hmm. and and they're probably always gonna get somebody good right so from a recruiting standpoint is there any of this that could have any negative effect that the next top top guy would be like, well, man, yours was there. He didn't even last. He didn't even last till bowl practice. Like, what was the point of that? If I'm going to do that, I may as well just go somewhere else where I'm going to be the guy more quickly. I, I like, I don't know. Do you think any future Jaden Davis or anybody else would view this in any way that would make them less likely to, to commit to Ohio state or, or no, they they'll come take their own shot. And if they have to leave that, they have to leave. Yeah, no, I, I kind of said this when Devin Brown committed and we did the video on that. You just have to recruit it a little differently. I think the recruiting strategy is more, it's less of a sales pitch and more of a challenge of, hey, it's a, you think you're that guy. Well, we've got three other guys who think they're that guy too. Come show us which one. And now we're going to put all four of you in a room and see which one of you is really the alpha dog. And that's a, I mean, we're talking about, you know, quarterback, the most egotistical position in all of sports. So if, if you're selling it like that, that's how you get CJ Stroud to join a class with Jack Miller and how you get Kyle McCord to come behind him and Devin Brown to come join this room where at the time when he committed, Quinn Ewers wasn't in the transfer portal. So it's like crazy for him to join this room. I, I am interested with 2023 because they got in late with some of those guys, but if, if there's going to be a class where somebody says no just because of how that's been going, it would be a 2023 guy. But Jaden Davis, that's not going to back him off at all because if you come here and you show them that, yeah, I'm really the alpha dog in this room, that means you're probably going to New York and it means you're probably going to be you know the first or second quarterback taken off the board in an NFL. I mean, you're going to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL draft. So that's what it is. It's less of a, hey, we can develop you. It's like, hey, you think you're a dog. They think they're a dog too. Come show us which one of you is really that guy. Now I will find out if Devin Brown, how much of an inkling he knew about this. Well, how much of an inkling Ohio State too? Well, yeah, and but that's how you're able to find out. But I will say that when this news broke, when Pete Thamel first texted it, I then texted someone at Ohio State who's usually, when there's transfer things going on, usually can confirm it pretty quick. And their response tonight was, what? Huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. So, so... Okay, so let me ask this. So what? So there's two things. This is gonna keep things. Uh, this is gonna be a long podcast. Yeah, not that long. 
Like I talk is usually long. The idea of like, you can be what are any of us doing on a Friday night? Yeah. I mean, I was trying to like be a father to my children, but that's okay. Eh. <laughs> the you know, Monday through Thursday for that. The idea Until something that, else happens, like come in and be a dog and win the job. Okay. And the Ewers coming to you really throws it off. But let's take Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers here. Could they not have been like the, the doggest dogs there ever were? But CJ's a year older. He's got a year more experience. And then the older guy won it. And then the older guy went is like a Heisman candidate. And like, I wonder if this is, we keep saying, oh, well, the competition in the spring, it's like, Maybe there's not going to be a competition in the spring because why would you have a competition with one of the three best quarterbacks in college football? And then would it be that Kyle McCord wasn't a dog or that Quinn Ewers wasn't a dog? Or was it just that the older dog took the bone first and then you were like, I'm here to get the bone. And the older dog was like, yeah, no, I have it already. And you were like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I never even got a chance to really fight for the bone. I think that matters. Because, I mean, you hear athletes say this all the time. The easy thing is getting to the top. The harder thing is, like, maintaining it. And so that's – you're right. Maybe there isn't a competition. Maybe CJ's just a starter and that's what it is, which would be pretty normal. I mean, when you're a Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback, you usually don't have to worry about yeah, your job no, being that, taken. That's, that's yeah, correct. So it's that not, would be more yeah, normal. Not, yeah, but in this situation – I do think there is a level of with CJ that he even when he was considered the favorite, he'd been considered the favorite to be the star, starter for a year and a half. And he still felt like I can't approach it that way because these guys in here are good enough to take my job. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's a competition. Maybe it's not. But there but, is. But, some. But I'm some, asking about from the player's perspective, from you're saying, hey, it's the challenge. Yeah. Come be a dog. I'm saying when you're the younger dog, you may never get a chance. If you don't want to sit until your third year. Yeah, but then they wouldn't come to the room. Okay. Maybe they're not going to come to the room anymore. That's what I'm right. saying. Is and there going okay. to be an effect? And that's, that's a, okay. I don't know. Maybe, that, I mean, because Kyle, I mean, you're right. I mean, Devin Brown probably shouldn't be coming to this room then because all of that is true. And Devin Brown still committed here. No, so I that's know. what it is. Right. Yeah, until, a, until we get to a cycle where they're unable to find someone who's willing to join the room, this is just. It's a conversation, but it doesn't matter. This is what I was saying before, that you have to wait for this whole thing to kind of resolve in some of these individual instances. Like Jack Miller could still be a – it could be evidence of this working well for Ohio State. He came here, competed, was part of the quarterback room, and then if he goes on and has success somewhere else, that looks good for Ohio State. This thing could still play out in a very positive way. The only what what I now the thing that wasn't again on the table when they started this whole process was that at Ohio State quarterback could leave and go play for another Big Ten team without having to sit out a year immediately. That complicates it a little bit, but th- that's part of this is still there's a lot of this that just isn't unknown as far as like casting a judgment on whether or not this is working for Ohio State. I would argue that this year it it worked fine. I don't know. CJ Stroud isn't the reason why they're not playing. this. So let me ask this. So let me ask this. I'm I'm playing slight devil's advocate, but there's a chunk of me that is, there is such a thing as too many good quarterbacks. And again, I'm not saying this is proof, but, but this is the continuing conversation. Let's say that the way recruiting had gone at quarterback, that it was just like pretty apparent, not that they handed the job to CJ Stroud, but it's like, listen, man, we got a five-star 
who's a second year guy behind Justin feels like he's going to be the guy that maybe CJ Stroud would have won it like in the middle of spring because it was just like, I mean, there's not, there's not a lot of guys you got to keep happy. There's lower ranked guys who were there. You iron sharpens iron. I get it, mm-hmm. but the CJ's the guy. So then CJ in spring by the spring game, it's like, it's a CJ Stroud coronation all off season from the day of preseason camp. CJ's the guy where nets there's no competition. And rather than, Hey, we're going to still split reps some way. And we have a date when we want to have CJ be the guy. Would he have been a better quarterback for the Oregon game? And is it possible that, so we wouldn't say, well, competition, great competition. But if he wasn't as, wasn't a hundred percent effective, would he have been a better quarterback in week two of his first year and given them a better chance to win if he hadn't been having to fight off two other five stars in the competition and that too many good quarterbacks actually had a negative effect. Nathan's making a face. Well, I don't, I don't look at it that way. And um, I don't know if you guys know this, I was not an elite athlete, but I've talked to some and I don't think that's how they look at it either. I think they would more likely say that it gave them more confidence in that moment because they were battle tested that they went through this gauntlet went through a real competition with other elite quarterbacks and came out as the starter. Splitting reps in practice, splitting reps in camp instead of taking all the one reps. Um, okay, I, I, I see where you're coming from there. I guess that that's it's it's different there between like a, a preparation standpoint and like a psyche standpoint. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's, mostly preparation. It's a, Yeah, it is an interesting question. I'm going to say no, just because I don't know if – the lack of reps is why CJ wasn't ready to win that game. I just think he just wasn't ready to win that game because he had never played college. Sometimes it's it second is second game yeah, of his career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it is. You just chalk it up to it's his second game and it's a pretty bit. It's a top 10 opponent. It's just sometimes wing. it's yeah. The bum wing. It's just, it was a lot of factors. Um, okay. But going for, but do I think, it's a fair there question a, to ask. But yeah, I don't it's know a fair we'll, question. It's also one I don't know if we'll ever have the answer to because of some of the other X factors that were involved in that game. It's why I wish he would have had the same type of schedule Justin Fields had in his first year as a starter. Because then you get a better gauge for some things if it's like competition. Then it's like, because it's not like Justin Fields wasn't playing a top 10 team in the country his first year here. He just, that didn't happen for him. So there was some, whatever growing pains he would have had, he could just go through him because also Chase Young was sacking everybody and J.K. Dobbins was running for 150 yards all the time. So it's – I don't know. I, I, we almost have to see somebody else go through it because their schedule is going to be like this going forward, these big-time non-conference games. So whoever is the starter after C.J., if it's the same type of concept and they blow it out the water from day one, then maybe you have a point of maybe C.J. just should have been the guy. And then not to split hairs too much there, but, Doug, then it becomes a thing where, like, there's – then it's like, well – there's the plan to bring in an elite quarterback every year, but then how do you then handle it past that? It's not just the concept of bringing the guy in every year. It's at what point do you stop the competition and give all the first, you know, have they done that two weeks earlier? Have, if they had done it two months earlier, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, you can start to like split down like sub decisions within the greater decision and quibble about those too. 
No, I mean, my, again, my thing would be like five star, three star, five star, three star, five star, three star, right? Like when Braxton Miller came here, everybody knew Braxton Miller was going to be the guy. When Terrell Pryor came here, everybody knew Terrell Pryor was going to yeah. be the guy. When Justin Zwick came here, everybody knew Justin Zwick was going to be the guy. And then they brought in this guy from Glenville, and then they were like, oh, no, it's that guy. So that was a great time to have the backup quarterback. That backup quarterback was another five star, Troy Smith, right? So I'm just saying, it's not like this has always been the thing. It's like that, that the weird thing here is that they had, Two guys in one class, and then as it turned out, two guys in another class. And the resulting thing was one guy in each class has now left in the last mm-hmm. two weeks. And that should not be a shock because that's it's not like they plan to bring in two quarterbacks in every class. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is like if you end up like, all right, well, we have Stroud, and then we have uh, McCord, and then we have Brown. We have one guy in every class. It just so happens that yours jammed himself into that one. And Jack Miller got hurt enough that we were like, I don't know if that's the guy. And we went and got a better guy in that class. And then that guy left. So that's actually the plan. It's not like the having one guy. It's not that having one guy in every class, Stephen, has made the room crowded. It's that having two guys in back-to-back classes made the room overcrowded. And that's not the plan. It's not like they got Devin Brown and now they're going to go get another quarterback before signing day in this class. And then the next class, they're not going to get Jaden Davis and another guy in that class. Yeah. So really the examples that we're talking about here are not actually the plan. So if I'm saying get an elite guy every other year, they're saying get an elite guy every year. And what actually happened was they had two classes where they had two elite guys, and that is too many. We were sitting in days offers before the season, working, just asking a bunch of stuff, some off the record, some on the record, obviously. And I think I prefaced one of the quarterback recruiting questions with that. I was like, I doubt your plan was to have four freshman quarterbacks. Four quarterbacks on the roster who are all freshmen at the same time. And he's just basically shaking his head. Yep, that was not the plan at all. But here we are. So we just got to take it day by day. But yeah, no, this is the actual plan. One guy per class and one's a starter. The other two guys are battling to be the backup. And then every spring, sometimes it's a bigger competition than other years. But the point is, every spring, this is a competition for somebody to be the starter. But in the every other year plan, if you miss on that five-star or that top 50 guy, and I can name you a whole bunch that have missed just in the Big Ten or other national contenders, then the whole narrative is because you missed on that guy, now you've got like, what, a two-year gap maybe in quarterback yeah. performance. I think Ryan Day would always rather have the convers- – he would rather have the potential argument of do we have too many good guys than the potential argument of do we not have enough. Oh, for sure. No, Absolutely. Just- so that, at the end of the day, I think that's why it's probably the right way to go. If they if they stay long enough, and that's what we'll get to after the break. But I do want to do this one last thing before the break. Actually, we'll wait. We'll do the last question with the texters, the last couple of things that relate to Kyle McCord next on Buckeye Talk. All right, so the last question for the texters was, how do you, uh, excuse me, was do you like how Ohio State recruits quarterbacks? Yes, I love it. I'm not sure. What am I? My God, can I just be a football fan and like hang out with my friends and eat some popcorn and watch football? Do I have to be a recruiting expert? Do I have to build a quarterback room? I'm just a man. I'm just a woman who likes football. That was one of the, that's the middle option. And then given the Miller and Ewers transfers, uh, I don't love it. Nathan, what do you think? One, love it. Not sure. Don't love it. Maybe in the, uh, I think, well, when it's three, the middle one usually wins, right? 
Sometimes. I don't think this is a. I don't know if this I think is a middle actually, one either, maybe, actually, maybe under these circumstances, they would say, yes, love it, because they have the insurance now. Ewers leaves, but you've still got somebody good every year. I'll say, yes, love it. Steven? I think not sure it might have won, but it might be under a different preference of. I think the answer just might always be not sure because you love it as long as it's working. But the moment it doesn't work is like, like you said, what if somebody says no, then it throws everything out of whack. So not sure. So love it. One 57% love it. 32% not sure. Only 11% don't love it. So everybody, everybody's on board with just get your dudes and a couple transfer. The whole point is a couple transfer and you're still fine. We're sitting here in a world where, one of the highest rated quarterbacks in high school history just left Ohio state. And like, it almost literally doesn't matter, which, which would lead you to vote good to go. Love it. doing this way. Here's where you run into the thing. And here's why I like five-star, three-star, five-star, three-star. So what if Kyle McCord leaves after the spring? And we are now debating like whether there's even going to be a competition and the idea of like, Oh, well then Kyle McCord could just wait and be the starter in 2023 that's assuming cj goes pro what if cj doesn't go pro but what if he doesn't wait that long what if kyle mccord thinks he's ready to start next year nathan if if kyle mccord leaves and the quarterback room for next year is cj stroud with his third year in college one of the best quarterbacks in college football a true freshman in devin brown and then transfer random transfer x I would imagine of the Gunner Hoke variety, or who was the other guy? Steven, who's the other guy from West Virginia a couple of years ago? Chug? Who I, Chris Chug, 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 yeah. Chug, 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 Chug. So like a Chug, right? Like a Chug or a Gunner Hoke, mm. like a, like a, like you he's know, a guy, he's a body in the room, <laughs> yeah. but 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 he's a scholarship guy. Like he's a, he's yeah. a real scholarship guy. He's not a walk on. Like if you had to play him, he could competently run a version of the offense. But again, I want Kenny Guytons. Nobody else in the world wants Kenny Guytons. Give me a Kenny Guyton. Give me a guy who's not going to leave, who is going to be more than competent when he has to go in, but is not demanding to be a starter or he's out the door in a year. That's what I want in that five-star, three-star, five-star, three-star. So then Nathan, like if the five-star misses, it's like, well, then you play Kenny, Kenny Guyton for a little bit. Because the issue, Nathan, is what if recruiting all these great guys leaves you with not even a Kenny guy, right? That say CJ Stroud, if McCord leaves and CJ Stroud gets abducted by aliens in the first, at the, at halftime of the Notre Dame game, are you now in trouble if you're getting ready to play Devin Brown? You know what I mean? Like, is that anything like how important is Kyle McCord even more important now and do you think this makes him less likely, more likely, or no effect on his chances of being on the roster for the Notre Dame game? I think, yes, he is more important now. And I think it probably has no effect. Because I think he still has, I think the decision for him, I guess, is probably a little bit, maybe harder in some ways. Because I referred to him before as being sort of pinched here. You have Stroud at the top. And then Ewers coming in, and then now McCord was just in this weird purgatory in the middle. And now half of that is gone. But I think the the math for him, I guess, is still a little bit similar. You'd have to make a, a more – you'd have to come out of the spring on your own, I guess, and make a more realistic assessment of how much if – they're, if they're leaving the competition open for the offseason, like where do you really stand? 
like how much of a how much of a honest um assessment would you get from day and dennis at that point and what would you tell yourself about whether you actually can be the quarterback in the fall so we've talked a lot about competition. Let's assume that there's not really a competition for a guy who was one of the three best quarterbacks in college football and that CJ Stroud's the starter in the <laughs> spring and everybody knows it, including Kyle McCord. Do you think Kyle McCord stays? No. Okay. So then, okay. So then let's, we're not maybe, and there's plenty of reasons that he would stay. Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to, yours is gone. I can beat out Devin Brown. I'm going to be the starter in 23. CJ's going pro sure. year three starter. Yeah. Still a great setup for me, but you could also imagine him leaving. Steven, if McCord leaves before next year, then are they not in trouble? Because then you're back to like Justin Field land, where Justin Fields in 2019 was a starting quarterback. And then it was a, my gosh, if, if Justin Fields sprains his ankle, I'm not sure Ohio State can win a game with the backup situation, right? Or, or, or it's like, well, well, hey, man, then we got to get Devin Brown ready. It's big boy time. This guy's a top 100 national recruit. He'll have to play as a true freshman. True freshman play sometime. Like, it's fine. Or if, if McCord leaves, is, it, would that be some indication of like, man, they flew too close to the sun. Now they're actually short. Um, I think it's interesting, but it's, I don't know if it raises Kyle McCord's importance in this because CJ Stroud's still here, right? He's still the starting quarterback in this situation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So, like, I'm not. I'm then the backup quarterback only doesn't matter until he matters, which means if, if as long as CJ Stroud is not hurt, he's going to be playing all meaningful snaps next year. So I they're know, fine. Okay. So I don't. But we yeah, also I just had. Think fine. We also had Mac Jones conversations on this podcast. We did. Like, no, no. Hey, maybe it, yeah, Jack Miller yeah. in year four yes. could be Mac Jones, and it's like I know, no, and I know, and I, yeah, we did. We did have those conversations, and to the point with like Kyle McCourt. Well, I don't know what's going to happen after the spring. What I know right now is he's not, he's going to be here for the spring. And I think that's all you can guarantee these guys. You can guarantee them two springs in a season to try to get it, to, to try to take their shot. Anything after that, if they want to stick around, they can stick around. If not, then they'll probably leave. I'll say this though. If anybody is going to pull, I'm not going to even say Mac Jones, forget that. Cause that he was there for four years. If anybody is going to pull a Dwayne Haskins situation where, you know, he was here. He didn't get on the field till year three, and he turned himself into a top 15 pick. It's gonna, Kyle McCourt's talented enough to do that. Now, does he want to take that route or not? That's a conversation he, his father, and the rest of his family are going to have to have after June. But I will say, if it, I, I think he's he's got he's cocky enough to think he can do it too. But I just think I don't know what they can guarantee every quarterback every year is you get two springs because you're going to early enroll and you get a season, and after that you do what you, whatever you feel is necessary for you. And that was what I was saying too. But I, what makes it complicated is I'm not sure it's a guarantee that Stroud would leave after 2022. Obviously, right. I mean, we don't know for sure. I mean, certainly yeah, he's had a but... great second year, and if he has a great third year, he'll have those opportunities. And again, you you all of a sudden you can't predict the future. You have to be prepared for everything. So, in the end, this happened, and they're probably fine. I mean, they are fine. They are fine right now. They're for sure fine right now. And if McCord leaves, they'll be in the portal the minute that, that McCord it leaves, like getting some guy who was the who started seven games at East Carolina because the starter got hurt and wants to come be the number two quarterback at Ohio State. And they'll probably be okay. So I guess this is just the world. This is what it is. And we'll probably be having these conversations all the time, but also 
I mean, I guess Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma did it with the gap year in between. There was a year between it, Rattler yeah. and Caleb Williams. Everybody else, that, like as many people, like I sound like a lunatic saying don't recruit the best quarterback in the country every year. But like, that's not really what everybody else does. Ohio State's kind of a, almost alone doing this, aren't they, Stephen? They are. And it's the problem is two prominent programs. It backfired before this is back before this approach is backfired in Ryan Day's face. So he can go, look what just happened at Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler ended up flopping. And so they had to put it lucky for them. Caleb Williams was already there. What if this happened last year? Look at Clemson there. Caleb Clemson's not there yet. So they're just stuck with DJ for right now. So that that's what it is. Everybody else does the every other year thing. It's just that formula backfired. This formula hasn't backfired yet. So what, let's see what happens if it backfires. I mean, let's ask ourselves, how many quarterbacks in the Big Ten were better than Kyle McCord this year? Do we think we're better than Kyle McCord? From a raw we talent kind of, standpoint? We already kind of had this conversation, I think, at some point on the pod this year. Like, how many Big Ten teams would trade their quarterback for Kyle McCord at, you know, at midseason or whatever? Like, I think a Everybody. lot of them would. And I think if you go to next fall, if it's Stroud and Devin Brown, is Devin Brown going to be better? I think that's part of the math yeah, that Ryan yeah. Day is doing here. I don't think he disagrees – I don't think he would call what you're saying crazy, Doug. I think he would just say that, like, I'm going to take the five-star freshman over the three-star junior. Michigan hmm. is the only place that probably wouldn't trade their quarterback, and that's because, well, they've got a five-star. Everybody – well, and even I think Penn State you know, next year will be fine because it's Drew Aller. But other than those two, everybody else is probably trading for Ohio State's backup. Yeah, that if, if, the, if the disaster scenario is – the five-star freshman has to start. It's like, that's what 90% of the teams in the country would consider the luxury the scenario. Get, yeah. A guy they could never recruit. Like, and Jeff Brom's not going to say, oh yeah, I'd, I'd throw Aiden O'Connell in a ditch in a second. But I mean, come on. He probably would. Speaking of, speaking of uh, Caleb Williams, you know, I wonder if Mike Loxley's going to try to bring him home because Maryland kind of finished high on his list there. If he doesn't follow Lincoln Riley to USC, that'd be, that's a it's wishful thinking, but it'd be interesting. Transfers, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's not as fun. I don't know. It's like, it's fun to watch guys progress, right? So, like, it's been, it was actually, it was fun to sort of, like, watch CJ Stroud progressed through this. And so the in and out, I mean, it is what it is. Players have the right to do it. That's great. Um, But I don't know. I'm not super excited for the quarterback transfer podcast every December. So it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback transfer. Running back has been the transfer thing all week, too. But I don't care care about the other positions because the other positions are more interchangeable. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the quarterback is like the face of your team, the face of your program. Nobody else gets to play. It's one guy. And it's, it's kind of fun to watch a guy develop and grow into something. And then if it feels like it's going to be uh, a carousel where it's like, oh, Devin Brown, it's like, was Devin Brown ever going to play here? I don't know. Why would I? Why would I? It's like, oh, what do you think? How's Devin Brown look? It's like, I don't know. Does it matter? Cause like, it, is he, is he going to start ever? Or is Jaden Davis? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it like- definitely changes the conversation when guys commit of like, can you really ever get excited for the quarterback commit? And even if he commits two years before signing day, yeah. if they're, cause it's like, okay, that guy's, that guy might be Ohio state future commit, Ohio state commit for two years and then never actually play here. So what and did he, you do? You spent two years. It's kind of buying time. 
And that's not on the player. That's not on no. the coaches. That's just sort of on the structure of the system mm-hmm. with where we are right now. And so it is what it is. So Patrick Mahomes tweeted something. Do we think Quinn Ewers is going to Texas Tech? Because of the that was did- one of the when when Pete Thamel first tweeted this news, he said Texas, Texas AM, and Texas Tech were the three most likely um destinations. Yeah. I mean, Texas has the biggest brand. I'm just saying, if you want to really capitalize on that NIL stuff, Quinn, go to the 40 acres, man. Yeah, he might have a thing in his contract that if they don't win at least six <laughs> games, he doesn't get his money. So That's I mean, fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. Texas Texas Tech is kind of known for a place where you can go air it out. It's worked It's worked for other guys. Well, that was so Cliff, maybe. though. That's, it's not Cliff yeah, anymore. Cliff, uh, yeah, Kingsbury is not there. So, anyway. Maybe, I don't know. This is weird. All right. Good luck to Quinn Ewers, man. I mean, we thought <laughs> Tate Martell's life as a Buckeye was weird. Tate Martell is like three times the Buckeye that Quinn Ewers was, not in terms of like loyalty or anything, just like being here. I got least, to talk to him at least. <laughs> I at least got to, to ask Tate Martell questions about his transfer. I guess we could try to ask Quinn Ewers questions about it, but it probably cost us $10,000. So at least he got a free car, NIL car. Oh, the- to that point, <laughs> does he have to give the car back since he's not here anymore? And he well, just I did it. Was, I think it was a lease all along. This is well, he just did a him, Travion, Seven Banks, and Dewan Jones just did that commercial for Rykart. Do they have to like airbrush him out of it now because he's not here? Do some reshoots. Quinn Ewers had a lease on the vehicle, and he had a lease on our hearts. I like college football. There are parts of college football I don't like. But who who I should like I sub games. in for my interviews now? I can't. I can't. He was no, 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 to... no. Yeah, no. That's that's all you. You just you pick. Listen, you just pick the bust. You pick the Greg Oden, and Doug got Kevin Durant. It's like in the base in the major league baseball draft, where if the, if your first round pick doesn't sign, you get another pick the next year. So will you get an extra pick oh, next okay. year in the actual okay. when if they're back in the Big Ten championship game? Oh, I want to end on this. So we are in a week where we've been talking about this Kings of the North uh, series that we still have in the hopper that we're not sure what we're going to do with it. Nathan's done a lot of research on it, but we like the idea. But this week, since last Saturday. So Michigan, Michigan's on an upswing. Michigan's on as big of an upswing as they've been in in 25 years. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is on an upswing because they got they they lost a coach who left for another job and and feels like they've re-energized their program by hiring Marcus Freeman. So Michigan's in the news for reasons Michigan likes. And Michigan, by the way, has got a couple more recruits this week. Notre mm-hmm. Dame's in the news for the way in a way that Notre Dame likes, and this is Ohio State's news. Of the week. Now, Ryan Day and Tony Alford and Brian Hartline and Matt Barnes and Kerry Combs and all, all the assistants were also out across the country making visits with big time dudes. So it's not like there's not good stuff happening with Ohio State football. There's plenty of good stuff. And Ohio State football still has more highly rated players than either Notre Dame or Michigan. But in terms of like Northern football, Nathan, it's in this is not normally what the first week in December feels like. That Kings of the North project has taken a very 
meandering road to get to where we are today because yeah. we start the year thinking like, oh, it's king of the north. Like they're they you know they haven't lost a regular season game in two years, and they're the team that gets to the playoff, and then they lose to Oregon. And then it's like, well, Oregon's in the north, so how do we how does that change the perspective? And then they lose to Michigan. And we were planning to run that series. Uh, we thought about I don't think it was actually gonna probably end up happening. We were thinking about running it like next week after the Big Ten, you know, between the bowl game and the Big Ten Championship game. And now they're not even in the Big Ten Championship. So it's like, eh, Kings of the Kings of the what? The what in the north? But but, but again, but you're yeah. right. Like it's 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 this has been a very um potentially kind of like an inflection point for the North, right? Like a little bit, is like, it? I mean, is it maybe, right. Well, is it a maybe, yeah. maybe, or is maybe. it a said, Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said. Maybe like, we don't know. Like it, it's, it, it, it's sort of like what I was talking about before. Like it's, it's definitely like put a pen in this, like mark the date and time this week being feeling like a potentially like pivotal last seven days. I mean, to go from like Ohio state losing and being out of all championship contention to, to its rival and watching the rival now being one game away from going to the playoff and, and then one went away from them from being a championship game. And then uh, to then lose this. You, Quinn Ewers's biggest contribution to high state will always kind of now be as like a status symbol in a way. And, but, but you've lost that. And this, the promise of what that could have been in a couple of years. So yeah, I think it just adds to kind of the the things that this coaching staff has to answer in the next six months. And that's not Where's taking the, into account that there's a team in the state of Ohio ready to make the playoff, but it's not oh, Ohio that too. State. Yeah. Uh, so it's oh, like that too. Cincinnati, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oregon, all in their own way have taken focus off Ohio State this year. And in in, when I think, and this is part of the project, is like if you drew a, a north-south line across the United States and said, Every year, who's the best team north of this line? Like, when's the last time that, like, it wasn't Ohio State? Now, it was, you know, Notre Dame, whatever, made the national championship game for that year or whatever. So, Notre Dame, maybe here and there. But, Nathan, right? I mean, it's. No, it's like it's we we went from Kings of the North exclamation point to, like, Kings of the Tri-State area question mark. That's kind of where we are in this first week of December. For what it's worth, Oregon is now 23 to nothing <laughs> to Utah in the Pac-12 championship yeah. game right now. Second of all, <laughs> Ohio State lost to Michigan six days ago. And it feels like an eternity to go based off yeah. all the stuff that has happened in the last six days since then. But yeah, I, I, this is an it's, it's an it's an interesting week. It's an interesting season for Ohio State because of all that's happened. And yeah, we were going to Ohio State's kind of gone from king of the north to king of the north. To you know, or maybe it's just a blip, and in six months, a year from now, we're gonna be like, yeah, Ohio State's still the king of the north. It was just a weird year, but they had this really young team, and all these other teams had all these guys come back because of a COVID year, and they just weren't in a position to actually compete. Yeah, but I, I would bet it's a blip, but for now, yeah. it's more interesting. It's more of a discussion than it's been in a decade. But they also got the Devin Brown news this week too. That's true. They also got which happened yesterday. <laughs> that was yeah. So it's going to lose to Michigan. Jack Miller transfers. Devin Brown commits. Quinn Ewers transfers. Saturday, please leave us alone. Wednesday, technically. We'll it was Wednesday that that happened. It, uh, yeah. So that's where we are. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy times. It's crazy times. So we will be uh, back with a podcast that will go up probably like Sunday evening. Sounds like. We expect to maybe speak with some people from Ohio State like later 
Sunday afternoon because they, they announced the playoff pairings like at noon, but then they take another couple hours to announce the other New Year's six bowls. So uh, we'll have an idea based on like whether Michigan or Iowa wins. You'll be able to kind of figure it out, but we're going we need to wait. Cause all of a sudden, like it's like, Hey, Ryan day, congrats on going to the bowl, man. What happened with Quinn Ewers? Like that's like, that's yeah. Sunday is going to be a, 11 Quinn Ewers questions and one Rose bowl parade question. Well, don't forget like a dozen questions about what's going on with his coaching staff too. Yeah. 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 Good luck with the, that's, I mean, yeah. it is. That's, that's, I'm just telling you. All right. Nobody cares about the Utes. No. Well, Not that's the one good thing. I did, nobody, uh, I hate rematches in college football in all forms, even that Oregon. I mean, it's just like when it works out that you rematch in the Big Ten title game or whatever, but like a Rose Bowl rematch with Oregon would have been dreadful. So at least Utah, if that's what it winds up being, at least Utah is something different. So you can, everybody right. can write a bunch of Kyle Whittingham stories. We can write some Clark Phillips stories. Hey, man, you're going to play the team that you're oh, supposed yeah. to be playing for. And who's the Utah commit they just got for the first for the first time? Oh, Brandon Bowen. Devin Brown. He's also from Utah. So there's oh, that. Yeah. So, yeah. Same high school, of- too, as Brandon Bowen. All kinds of good stuff. All right. Now we're meandering. I hope my microphone didn't cut out. Uh, if it did, we apologize. Um, we'll catch you back Sunday evening for this Buckeye talk. And uh, thanks, everybody who voted in the Quinn Ewers poll. I love this stuff to get a handle on officially. If you, if you missed any part of it, the official reaction of Buckeye talk listeners and texters to the Quinn Ewers transfer is kind of surprised. Not that big a deal. A little bit mad, but you got to take your shot and see what happens. For Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.